This is Eric Vole, Missouri Farm Bureau's Director of Public Affairs. Welcome to Around the Kitchen Table, our weekly podcast where we talk about the things that our members are talking about around their kitchen tables. Today I'm joined by Chris Giancarlo, Chairman of the Commodity Futures Trading Commission, known as the CFTC. So please pull up a chair and join us. Welcome, Mr. Chairman. It's glad to, I'm glad to be here. It's a huge honor to have you with us today. We are uh, thrilled to get the chance to get to know you a little bit and talk to you about the work that you're doing at the CFTC and some of the reasons that you're here with us today. We're, we're recording from Tantara at our annual meeting. Uh, we are really excited to have you as part of our Farm Bill Forum that's coming up here in just a few minutes. Um, but would you just begin by telling us a little bit about your background and how you got to the place you are? Sure, and it's it's a it's a long road to come here to Tintera. <laughs> yes, uh, it is. Uh, but what a beautiful place! It's my first time in this part of Missouri, and uh, driving down from uh, Jefferson City really was quite spectacular as we got closer and closer to the to the Lake of the Ozarks. So mm-hmm. it's really great to be here. Um, it's a beautiful and, and, time and, of year around here. Yeah, it really mm-hmm. is, and I'm, I'm delighted and I'm great, grateful. Uh, my background is I'm, I'm actually from the New York City area, uh, uh, born and raised in northern New Jersey, mm-hmm. and spent the uh, first uh, 30 years, the first 16 years of my career as a practicing lawyer, uh, and then went into uh, to business uh, with a partner. And we built trading platforms for these complex financial instruments called over-the-counter swaps. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they were, as many people know, at the heart of the financial crisis. Um, I was a supporter of some of the reforms that eventually became part of the Dodd-Frank Act. And although I've been a, a Republican, it was uh, President Obama who actually asked me to serve on the commission mm-hmm. uh, as a minority commissioner. And then recently, President Trump uh, renominated me to serve as chairman of the agency. And in the last uh, three years that I've been on the commission, I've really made it my business to uh, get to know the agricultural commodity uh, futures uh, products that trade on the Chicago Mercantile Exchange and on the uh, the NYMEX as well, and have traveled throughout the country uh, really to better my understanding of how ag commodities are central to the markets that we oversee. And I've been in over 22 states um, uh, meeting with uh, producers to understand how they use these risk hedging instruments, these these futures products. Uh, and, and part of that is, is part of my trip to the state uh, mm-hmm. uh, today. And, and you mentioned a couple of them, but who exactly does CFTC regulate? So, CFTC is probably is the the regulator that uh, the fewest amount of people have heard of that regulates the largest amount mm-hmm. of, of in many ways the global economy. So mm-hmm. so it's not just ag futures, but energy futures, everything from oil and gas and 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 uh, and um, um, and the petroleum uh, market uh, derivatives on those products, as well as precious metals, foreign exchange, um, and then all of the financial instruments as well. Um, so it's a very, very large marketplace that's overseen by the CFTC. And it is the, it's both the underlying markets to the extent there's a future on it and then the futures markets as well. Mm-hmm. But I know for a lot of your listeners, what's most important to them is the core ag product suites. Mm-hmm. And, and what I think people don't understand is even if they're not a user of these products, uh, producers rely on the prices, uh, the price signals that come out um, of the, the markets where these products are traded that inform the, the cash price they get for their product. Right. I recently was at a Montana grain elevator, and I was witnessing as at harvest time as the uh, the rigs were coming in with the produce, the, the farmers were themselves checking on their iPhone 
the wheat contract that's traded on Chicago Merck in order to to make sure that the elevator was giving them a fair price for their mm. goods. And that's not necessarily a, a producer who himself is hedging his product production, mm-hmm. but is relying on the signals, the price signals, to test the cash price he was getting. So our job at the CFTC is to make sure that the prices that come out are free of fraud and manipulation. Absolutely. Well, that's an incredibly important position and uh, in the marketplace. We... Um, one of the things, so I, I used to work in in Congress. I was Congresswoman Vicki Hartzler's chief of staff and worked, did her work on the Ag Committee for a period of time. And it was always interesting to me that uh, the House and Senate Agriculture Committees are the ones that have jurisdiction um, on the legislative side over the CFTC. What is the reason for that? Is that a historical anomaly? or Because a lot of the things that they're involved in don't obviously have much to do with uh, with agriculture directly um such as you know the petroleum industry and some of the swaps and derivatives and banking um so how did that come about yeah you're, you're absolutely right it's a historical thing so mm-hmm. uh the commodity futures trading commission used to be as uh, held within the um uh, the um, department of agriculture mm-hmm. uh and in 1975 congress um, took it out of the department of agriculture and created its own separate agency um, but from its time when it was within uh, the DFA, the uh, oversight was with the House and Senate Ag Committees, and that remains to this day. And in fact, I think it's a useful function because it, mm-hmm. it assures that as an agency, we remain focused on assuring that our ag futures markets remain free of fraud and manipulation. Sure. That's something I was going to ask is if you do you think that that's a, a positive that it is regulated by a committee by committees that um, don't deal with those topics every day in a, in a lot of depth. And how is that a positive and how is that sometimes challenging? Well, I think it's a positive. I think it's a net positive because it, it means that as an agency, notwithstanding our work in these other markets, that we remain focused on um, ensuring that these ag futures products remain um, uh, uh, vibrant, the markets remain vibrant, th- that the price signals that come out of them remain accurate, and uh, and most importantly, that the markets remain free of fraud and manipulation. Mm-hmm. So relating to that, what, what issues relating to farmers are you currently working on? Well, a number of contracts, uh, old contracts, um, over time sometimes features of the contracts can become out of date or inaccurate, leading mm-hmm. to some price uh, dislocations. And we found that in the uh, in the live cattle contract, uh, which last had been reviewed by the exchange about 10 years ago. And in that 10 year period of time, unfortunately, um, uh, a number of features of the contract had become, I think, out of date and needed to be refreshed. We worked with the uh, provider of that contract, the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, to have them uh, take another look at it and fix some of the features of it. And I think those uh, changes have been uh, a net plus, uh, but we continue to monitor that contract. And, and we see that in other contracts as well. Um, and they, like most things in life, you know, time goes on, changes come about, and one needs to make sure that the price signals coming out of contracts are accurate. And that's part of our job at the commission. Mm-hmm. And why do you feel like a farmer in Missouri should pay attention to the work that you do? Well, I, I don't think they need to spend a lot of time paying. They've got bigger mm-hmm. things to pay attention to. But I think that uh, you know our job as an agency to make sure that these core markets that are sending, the futures markets that are sending the signals 
that farmers and ranchers rely on uh, when they go to the cash market. Um, I think they have a reason to hope and, and expect that we're doing a good job in Washington getting it right. And that's certainly our mission at the commission to get it right. Sure. Well, we appreciate the work you do there. I know it can be very tedious sometimes to work in the details of this stuff, but it's incredibly important to what we do and, and what every farmer does uh, out on the farm on a daily basis. Uh, now, on the personal side of things, how, how was that transition from the private sector to the public sector? How did that come about for you? Was that something that you had always been interested in doing, or was it a, more of a surprise of a move? And how has that gone for you so far? You know, it really was quite a, tra uh, a transition. I, I, I'm blessed in life to have had 16 years practicing law as a partner in a large firm and really enjoyed that life and went into business then and spent 14 years in business, which I enjoyed as well. And when the call came to serve my country uh, and serve on the commission, uh, it was really quite a change. And uh, it was my first time in government. Um, and I really um, have been very pleasantly surprised, I would say, by the quality of people drawn to public service. Mm -hmm. I know that, uh, and I'll have to conclude myself, I've, I spent uh, uh, many years wondering uh, whether uh, folks in Washington um, uh, took their public service uh, as, as to the important, with the importance that it deserves. Sure. And I've really uh, found um, uh, the, the, the amazing depth of commitment, sense of responsibility, hard work um, that the, the staff of our agency bring every day to the job of, of serving these markets. And um, it's really been a pleasure and honor to serve. And I think for, for listeners out there that wonder whether folks in Washington have the same commitment to their work that, that you know ordinary people do every day, I think the vast majority of them do it. And it's been a real honor for me to serve as their leader now at the agency uh, and to bring this this strong work ethic and strong sense of, of commitment and, and, um, and, and loyalty to our country and, and public service to America to work every day. So, mm -hmm. and how many people are a part of the agency? About seven hundred, a little bit over seven hundred. Mm -hmm. And are most of those based in in DC? Many, but we also have offices in New York, Chicago, and Kansas City. Okay, great. Well, uh, we, as I mentioned, are speaking at our annual meeting, and uh, it is a little uh, out of the way of where you normally are. What brings you to our annual meeting this year? Well, it was a pleasure to come to the annual meeting, but I must say, as as um, uh, when uh, Representative Peterson, uh, the ranking member of the House uh, Ag Committee, uh, asked me to come and join, uh, sit in with his band, the Second Amendments, uh, who are performing uh, this evening, I jumped at the opportunity. <laughs> so uh, I flew in yesterday from uh, Minnesota, uh, where the band had been uh, performing for the Minnesota State um, Cattlemen's Association, mm -hmm. and then to come down here and perform for the, uh, the Missouri uh, Farm Bureau. It's a great opportunity, and I'm looking forward to uh, joining with the band tonight. So, what's uh, what's your role in the band? So, I play guitar and banjo. Okay. Uh, I, I, <laughs> How did you get involved in banjo in Northern New Jersey? Oh gosh. So, well, I went <laughs> I went to uh, graduate school at Vanderbilt, in Nashville, Tennessee, mm. uh, in the 1980s, and uh, heard some great banjo players there. I was already a guitarist, mm -hmm. but I started fiddling with the banjo then, and and have been playing it ever since. And uh, it's a great instrument and I enjoy it. That's great. Yeah. Well, we're glad to, to have you. And when we're, and we appreciate you taking part in our focus on the Farm Bill panel as well today. 
that's a, a panel that we already had some great guests on, and we had been worried about how we we're going to get the timing to work out to have everyone have enough uh, opportunity to speak. And uh, then we got a call saying that, well, the chairman of the CFTC would like to come. Would it be okay if he spoke too? And we said, well, yes, of course, we'll make it work. So we're really uh, honored to have you be a part of that. And I think that that's going to be a great opportunity for our members to hear directly from so many people who affect them in so many different policy areas. So thank you for taking part in that I'm as well. looking forward to it. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to speak with us and uh, to our, our members, our listeners out there. If you ever have any con- uh, ideas of what we might want to talk about in future episodes, uh, please shoot us a note on Facebook or Twitter. We would love to take up those ideas in the future uh, for future episodes. But thank you for listening this week, and we will see you next week.